Welcome to Pointed Questions. My name is Brent Weinbach. With me, as always, is Donnie Devonian. Our guest today is Elizabeth, who is a mortician. We will be talking to her about bodies and bodily fluids on this episode of Pointed Questions. When did you realize that you wanted to get into your line of work? I was I was 16 when I told my parents that I wanted to be a mortician. What happened when you were 16 that made you realize that? I, were you watching a rerun of the Adams Family or something? Or were you no, one of the movies? It wasn't. Well, it wasn't so much the the morbid draw to the business. It was my love for art and science that led me to discover what embalming was. I was that kid who wanted to go into college knowing what I wanted to do. So I made a serious effort to look into like some sort of career that matched my skill set at the time. Were there other options at the time? I mean, you know, or was it just only uh, being a mortician was that it well no i so i when i was in high school i used to paint portraits a lot and i loved science you know physiology anatomy those are my those are my favorite things so to me that was my skill set so i was trying to apply that skill set to something so i looked into jobs and when i read about embalming it was just a light bulb like this at 16 yeah well, you I mean, just were looking for jobs I that was, early i was i was that i put a lot of pressure on myself to figure out okay where are you going to go to college why not why not figure painting or what or figure drawing and stuff you know and i thought about i thought about um what i don't even know what the title of this person is where they draw um criminals based off the victim. sketch artist a sketch art, yeah. yeah a criminal sketch i thought about doing that i thought about doing going into forensics you like I, bodies i do i just think <sighs> I think the anatomy of the human body is the coolest machine out there. Any p- specific so gender part. or both uh, both genders? <laughs> both genders. Any uh-huh. certain parts? Yeah, <laughs> well, what is your favorite bo- I know body I, part? I, I'm, it's mostly about like the physiology and how we're put together and then how and how basically it's destroyed either I what I love about the human body is how resilient it is and then also how fragile it is at the same time. You know, such a small thing can destroy it. Um, and then another, you know, people can survive through years and years of disease. And why dead bodies and not alive bodies? Why a line of work that deals with dead bodies and not why not a physical therapist or um, uh, some kind of uh, doctor that deals with bodies? You know, mm. that's a good question. To me, I, you know, I thought about being a nurse for about six seconds, <laughs> and then I didn't like the idea of the possibility of me killing somebody <laughs> that, that just weighed way too heavy so there's on me. there's less um, at stake with dead bodies because if something goes dead. wrong it's not that big a deal at the time i thought that yeah there's less at stake but now having been in the business for essentially 10 years i realized there is still a lot at t- stake in the sense that you're dealing with you know not only the dead body but the people that lost that person and they're so sensitive um, because it's one of the most difficult times of their lives so it actually is a very fragile setting you're p- putting yourself into, and anything that goes wrong is just going to be amplified because of their grief. Now, after having worked 10 years in the business, do you feel like there's as much at stake with a dead body than there is with a, a live body? In, n- no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't compare embalming to you know brain surgery. I'm not. I'm not going to go so much as that far. I'm just saying the the emotions around working a funeral and working in the industry are high and sensitive in the same sense as, you know, a, an error 
again, can be amplified. Do you get emotional when working with bodies? No. 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 The only, I've it's only, your job not to probably, right? Yeah. I no, know. I mean, it def- I mean, that just cuts into the time. I've, I've never, the only time I've ever been emotional is when taking care of a friend and it, you know, and it was only the first time I saw her. And then after that, I was fine. You what know, what do you mean, taking care of a friend? You had embalming a, embalm a friend. Embalm a friend. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. How well did you know this friend? Uh, she was. She, we were. We were close in a sense. She was really close with my sister, so it was more, you know, experiencing my sister's grief. And then I was a friend with her. I was more. She was more of like a, an acquaintance I'd known for fifteen years. So it was just a constant in and my she, life that yeah. I saw regularly. She <laughs> she died of cancer rather rather rapidly, and. Um, Unfortunately, her her body went through a lot, and so she just looked like a totally different person. So seeing her, having seen her three months prior, and then that day, that was that was one of the hardest, just to see how much her body had gone through. It was that was the hard on me. But other than that, like once I got into the position, I'm like, I need to take care of her, and try to make her look like she did. You know, I was appreciative of being able to be in that role. Mm-hmm. Now you say you don't describe yourself as a morbid person. No, no. Do you think I'm morbid? <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm not. No, no. You said you. It wasn't because of any kind of morbid reasons that you, you were interested in this. You, I wouldn't say so. No, I like. I said. I, do you I, like horror movies? I love horror movies, but I, to me, that that was not a part of the job. That like, it's not an automatic connect to say like, you know, if you're in this job, you have to like horror movies. Do you like bloody things? <laughs> I'm. Do you I'm, like blood? I don't like. I don't. Love blood, but, you're it's more, but I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I'm completely comfortable you, with you, it. You deal with draining the blood from the bodies, right? I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so is vampire stuff interesting to you? No, not really. Uh-huh. So you're not really that. You do like horror movies, but you're not specifically obsessed with death, particularly, right? It's more just no. you're fascinated with bodies and the way they work, and or yeah. the way they don't work. I guess sometimes. Too. Yeah, I I think. It's kind of a common misconception or and a lot of people are drawn to our business. Like if you you go to a mortuary school, you see a lot of, you know, what people would be described as goth or morbid. Mm -hmm. They're there in that first semester, but they're usually not there in the second. They're just interested. Do you know anyone in the business now that is is goth or, you know, have you ever come across a mortician who um, wore black eyeliner? Or, or and I mean maybe a lot of girls do, but I mean guys, I guess. Or have you ever anybody who's ha- who wears the a, costume, who's, who's cultivated like. a dark image for themselves? Well, the thing is, we actually it's a very conservative, traditional business. So if you do see somebody like that, it's highly unlikely that they have a job in our business because even though a lot of people maybe on the, the you know outside of work they decide to put on that persona. Yes, I do know a lot of people who are into that. Uh, you know the macabre and things that. Are surrounded around death. I get that, and it, it's fascinating to me. But it's not—it's not my life outside of the business. My business, you know, business mm-hmm. isn't one thing, and my personal life is another. But, but yeah, it's—it's it's, you can't look like that at work because that's not it, who's going to get hired. So right. Aside from the internal workings of bodies, you also are interested in the outsides of bodies too. And the f- shapes and forms of bodies. The, well, the est- the aesthetic and yeah. making them look like they're at peace, and mm-hmm. giving families the opportunity to, you know, say goodbye when their loved one doesn't look so, so mutilated. Oh, or so you like dress that. them up? 
Oh yeah, we do, you cos- do cosmetics. She does it all. Yeah. So that, that, we'll that, it. maybe we should ask like what Morticia does all around. Well, like, all yeah, I want to get. I just first really want to just nail down a couple more things about bodies and what you like about them. <laughs> sure. What, like, what do you do? Do what else do you like about bodies? Well, I, you know, I always describe my when I when I was sixteen and I told my parents we'll go back, and they were like, "Why? Like, why do you want to be a mortician?" I'm like, because I just think it's so cool. As far as like, I, there's there's a beauty in in the breakdown of oh my gosh, I just quoted a Fru Fru song. <laughs> there's um, there's beauty in the breakdown of a deceased person, and um, yeah, I, I just I just think. There's. Are you interested in skin? In, not like, like not that I want to skin different, a person. Different, to- different tones, different <laughs> textures of skin. Is that a thing? That's not a thing in my world. Are you interested in curves and bodies? No. We might have asked already, but it, there aren't any specific body parts that you are interested in. No, I mean I like reconstruction. Um, you know. Obviously, it's a tragic situation when you do have to reconstruct part of the body, but it's also a great challenge to an embalmer. So um, fortunately, I had a lot of experience. I worked for a mortuary that had a military contract, so we got a lot of accident victims. So I was able to kind of perfect my skills in the restoration. That's it's In the field, it's called restorative art, and that's when there's any um, reproduction of, of body parts. Like... Oh. Say the nose is broken or there's actually like, especially in car accidents, you, you know, can get lacerations or just part, parts of the face are missing and you have to reconstruct them either out of wax or, you know, whatever the oh best material God. is. So in that sense, like I'm really just interested in, and that's, that was the whole draw to it. I really like the face, you know, I like when I draw like pictures, faces. yeah, I draw, I draw people's faces because there's just so much, so much involved and that's what defines a person is... You know, looking their at their face. Yeah, exactly. Do mo- most morticians have to be kind of art, art artists or sculptors? Yeah, do they have to have a, an affinity to, to painting or, or, something or just like, or some or sculpting? Like nat- yeah. Some natural talent. Yeah. I, I, would, I think the better embalmers do have an artistic eye, and it's more just an attention to detail. And, I mean, having an interest and an affinity for art is definitely a benefit. Do you, so do you consider yourself and other morticians artists? Embalmers, yeah, I, I do think I'd consider embalming an art. Absolutely, it's a it's a perfect uh, blend of art. Are not and all morticians embalmers? Yes, not all morticians are embalmers. the The word mortician isn't isn't really. Uh, I mean, you to me, a mortician should be somebody who's a licensed embalmer and a licensed funeral director. But there's no definition. I mean, people who are removal drivers will call themselves morticians. I mean, mortician is a word that's thrown around really loosely. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you work at a mortuary. People are like, oh, you're a mortician. So it, it's all based on your personal – so when I say what I am, I don't often say I'm a mortician. I will say I'm a licensed funeral director and embalmer. Just what about undertaker? Yeah, <laughs> I actually – I knew a, an old guy who uh, only referred to himself as an undertaker, but it's definitely yeah. an old school term. Wait, are you consi- – would you be considered an undertaker? Yeah, I mean the the old school definition of an undertaker, yeah, I, w- I would say that mm. we're, we're undertakers. Uh-huh. What's the difference between a morgue and a mortuary? A morgue is where bodies are stored. Like there's morgues at hospitals. It's where what you picture when you in all those crime scene shows, the little shelves that pull out right. and the corpses are on on them. That's a morgue. Mm-hmm. Whereas mortuaries are where you know uh, funeral services 
are created in a sense. It's where the family comes to meet with the funeral director and arrange the services, and it's also where the preparation room is where their loved ones are prepared. Is there is the morgue a certain temperature? That those shelves they put them in? Yeah, the the refrigeration unit. Oh, they, they just keep it cold in there. Yeah, it's it's a ref, it's a refrigerated. You know, it's not a freezer though, and often people do call it a freezer. Do you I think that all? <laughs> do you think that all bodies are beautiful? Oh my. God. <laughs> Answer, yeah. <laughs> I um, I mean, yeah, to their of course, in in the you know every everybody is beautiful uh, to their loved ones, and you know we should, I try no, to but make on, people... just even on an aesthetic level. Do you think all bodies are beautiful on an aesthetic level? <laughs> like a like a personal, you're not talking about attraction, are you? No, no, no. Just in, in the in the sense of in the, like an artistic way, you know. Uh, everybody comes with their their own unique challenges, and sometimes you have to make the the choice on whether or not. And that's why a photo is ideal when you're an embalmer. And a lot of times you don't get a photo, but you know you see that excessive hair between the you know eyebrows. You're like, was that something they had? Was that something they were sporting all oh, the time? Oh, or should I match them? Yeah, you want you want them to look like they them. Do. do you ever feel like you made naturally. them look better? Oh, absolutely. You, 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 you make them look better after they're gone than they, when they were alive? Uh, well, I've, I've had families actually say, like, oh, my God, they look 10 years younger. Like, you know, yeah. things like that. And it's it's good to hear. I mean, it's you, you know. Plastic, plastic surgery. <laughs> plastic surgery. Are you, have you ever saw a body that you thought looked boring? That's a, such a good question. Boring. Yeah, you, you just this thought, is a dull body. I'm, yeah, you just, it just seemed really saying. plain to you, you know, where, whereas, you know, you mean like it wasn't a challenge as far as... I, I guess I'm not talking about a challenge, but just more as... When I asked about bodies being beautiful, I meant just aesthetically, just, you know, like a painting or, or mm-hmm. a sculpture, you know, if the, you found beauty in these bodies in general. Like not even with regards to what you have to do to f- fix them up, but just, you know, their, their, their bodies that they come to you, do you find them beautiful or do you find them... Or do you find some of them boring and so forth? Yeah. Uh, to me, boring would have to do. I, I, it's it's hard not to attribute that to the the actions and the yeah. actual embalming procedure. So when you're saying boring, um, so in the business we call um, cases that are not autopsied straights, and then case cases that are we call them posts. And so when you have a straight that's just you know no real um, added but- challenges like jaundice or edema or anything like that, it, it, it's not so much boring. Sometimes those are. A welcomed relief because you know you're n- they're going to be nice and easy for you. Um, so in that sense, like I like I like your boring case because sometimes you don't have you don't have the whole a whole lot of time to devote to you know spending hours on an individual. So you when you come in and they're not you know littered with IV holes and all of these different problems, I I welcome a nice. Well, I guess what case. I meant is is, <laughs> is sort of say outside of the job, right? Uh-huh. But very loosely related to, do you find that bodies in general have a beautiful aesthetic or something? You know, I mean, do you appreciate bodies the way that you would appreciate a flower? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I I do. I like um, I like tying in what I've learned about that individual from meeting with their family to when I'm in the back. Um, you know, you think of them like how. I mean, I'm talking not even tying in their <laughs> their story. I'm just saying, just as objects. I I don't think of them as objects. No, though. okay. Yeah, I don't. Just, I don't. Yeah. I you know I 
it's it's work. It's my job, but I I try very hard to think of everybody as you know somebody's brother, sister, mom, dad. You know, as as best as I can. And sometimes that's hard to do, and so you you have to refocus and you know remember to put as much attention to detail on each person, even if it's your fifth one in the day. You have to do that. So, have you ever been obsessed with a body? No. Like you just can't stop working on this thing. Oh, <laughs> well, in, a, in that sense, where like where your perfectionism comes out, yes, but not because I'm like just. Why, yeah. Why that body? You think? Well, sometimes it's you know, especially when you have a picture. Oh, sometimes, yeah. even though that's better, when you have a picture and you just can't get them to look exactly. Do you, that's do you when go on I'm, Facebook I and look at their pictures too, or no? I. I will confess, I have dem- especially with younger individuals. Yeah. You know, when you get the people in their mid twenties, oh you try to see as many. Angles I try as to possible. see, and you know, families will bring in a photo from when they were fifteen, and you're like, you try to get a realistic. I want a current photo and different, different oh, lighting, yeah. different lighting settings. And oh, yeah, different. exactly. I that, love a good yeah. selfie for for you know those are the best when you're. Oh, just also working. in the open casket is that that's what it's all for, right? The big show. That's the, yeah. And so don't you ever do spe- specific lighting, like soft lighting in the face and lights in the casket? Or we no? do, yeah. There's oh, you do? There's different colored lights. Do you ever? I've done some studying. <laughs> I didn't. I just assumed. Like different colored lights for what? Like, I'm just thinking in the casket. Like to, cause, not, you know, they're you not have in a, the casket. You can they're have a very room. flattering light as opposed to like a Trader Joe's bathroom or something where it's more neon or something. Yeah, he's right. So when, uh, usually in chapels or unfortunately not in in every place that a body is viewed, like churches, the lighting's terrible. But um, you know, like our chapel at the mortuary, there's different colored lights that you can dim, or yeah. you know, there's rose lights, there's white lights, there's different lights, and then so they help bring out the colors. Are you in charge of the lighting? Oh yeah, when, oh. Well, I, I do like the staging. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Now, you I, ever... I mean, every time I have the possibility. Sometimes it's the person working in the service, but I try to do this. Do staging. you ever get grossed out? Dang. No. Do you ever get grossed out outside of the job about other stuff? <laughs> just what, gross, what grosses you out? Just friends or anything. I'm just saying, you know, does what grosses you out? Does yeah, I mean, I think life? as an embalmer, you gotta have a pretty strong stomach. But so I does, have been grossed out before. I'm not even talking about a, in the, at the job. Even I mean, yeah. are you? Do you, is it not easy to gross you out? Just. Out it's, and about. it's not super easy, but I, I definitely can get grossed out. And what, like by you what? were you were asking me earlier if I liked blood. There has been an instance where I have been sensitive to blood, and my it was my sister. She was at my apartment, and she cut her finger open, and and then we I took her to the hospital, hmm. and he was like playing with her finger. And like I could see her tendon, and she who was, was? My, the doctor was like playing with her finger and like opening it, trying to see how deep it was, and it was bleeding. And I instantly got nauseous. And she's you know making fun of me. She's like, "Oh my god, you're an embalmer! What is happening to you?" Were you even supposed to be in the room? <laughs> well, yeah, I, was, I took her to the hospital. Oh, okay. So, and I'm sitting okay. in the corner, and I go white, and here the nurse brings me saltine crackers, and I'm like, "This is so embarrassing! <laughs> I'm an embalmer, like why?" And she's like, "It's because you love me, like you know, because, and there, That's you know, sweet. it's this, you know, it, it's different." And I never had that experience until I saw this doctor playing with my sister's finger, and it just, yeah, I instantly. Mm. That's in a live body, though, you know? Yeah, it's different. It's attached to a live It's also attached to a live sister, too. Yes, yes. There's a little um, bit more of a connection there. What else grosses you out? Do people chewing with their mouth open gross you out? Is that... (laughs) No. Does poo-poo gross you out? No. Well, no, because... Do you deal with poo-poo a lot? I do, yes. Oh, really? (laughs) Is there a muscle that gets 
we, oh, this, you relax when you out. die. Let's yeah. just so all the poo comes out. If there's if it's if it's in that area and it's ready to come out, yes. When you relax, when you die and everything kind of goes flaccid, yes, you're you're usually going. Do you to ever lose see it come? Bowels. Do you ever see the poo poo come out of the body? That's probably not. <laughs> no, um, well, I'm not usually there when people die. I think that's oh, what okay. to, when you're people. No, come but to I me thought maybe there's still died. something left in there when by the time the body gets to Sometimes you. Sometimes during the embalming, um, you know, people can. What, what is what is embalming? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is when you're 16. You're in like 10th grade. You're like. She's in 11th grade. 10th <laughs> or 11th, probably. Right? Yeah, I, I was 16. When, and I didn't know Love all it. of what went into what embalming when I, I was drawn toward it. Was there anything about it? It wasn't what you expected and you didn't like, you had to get used to it? Um, or do you love every aspect of it? I, I, lo- I love most of what I do. I mean, there are aspects of the industry that I didn't realize, but as far as embalming... Are you passionate about embalming? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. definitely. It's a passionate. Yeah. 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 I th- and I think it's important to be passionate about what you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love it. I love the, the opportunity to, you know, like I said, give people that opportunity to say goodbye. And is it pretty much what you expected when you were 16? Yeah, like I said, there are aspects of the industry that are different. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because to like the lay person, a lot of times, um, you know, people think of like an old old guy as your classic funeral director. And I didn't realize how many women out there were like me. Now it's, we're kind of getting this influx of females into the industry, which I think is great. Um, but it's it's just different. Like the, my class had like 85% women in it. But it used to is, be a male-dominated. And it used to be a very male-dominant. But the thing is still on the outskirts and in like upper management and people own it's still very male male dominated but there's a lot of women coming in so there's definitely going to be a shift in that so i'm excited about that change so what happens when you what is embalming okay back to that so embalming starts when um you get an embalming authorization so not everybody's embalmed start with that you know that what is what is embalm mean even embalm is the preserved yes it's the temporary preservation embalming doesn't mean you're going to last forever in your grave that's not the purpose of it its purposes are for the visitation it's for um viewing for an extended amount of time and you can view your loved one even if they're not embalmed it's not required by law you can have a visitation without somebody being embalmed and that's something i always want to try to educate to my families when i meet with them and it's something you're required to educate to your families when you meet with them you can't say that embalming is required there are certain situations where it's highly recommended and there are certain situations where it is required like um um, certain states certain countries required the individual to be embalmed if you're shipping into them Different things like that. But as far as the process, it starts with, obviously, authorization. You know, if the family has requested embalming, that's when the little form gets sent to the back. And that once that's when that person is pulled. They're already in refrigeration um, unless we're So getting... they, they just take the raw body and it's in a freezer. It's refrigerated. Fridge. Yeah. Totally it's refrigerated. naked. <laughs> They're totally naked. No, we, we don't place them naked in the refrigerator. Um, when someone goes on a removal, so depending on where you're picked up from, say if you die at home... Um, you're usually in the outfit that you passed away in. Um, often, though, if people are dying at home, they're either in like a hospital gown or they're or they're naked, um, or they're in some sort of shirt, you know, favorite shirt. Um, and then so we wrap them in clean linens. You're not placed in a body bag. You're you're just wrapped in clean linens. Where do you get those linens? We order them from, from a where? company. 
from just online or something. It's like a linen company. Yeah, it's specifically L- linen like, like where, linens just, and things. <laughs> it's bulk. It's where like hospitals order their linens from for their mm. beds. Fresh every time. I, yes. Uh, straight white. Time. Yes. Classic. Wait, just to white. detour for a second, you're used to seeing naked bodies quite often. Mm-hmm. Is that make it so that nudity is not a big deal to you? Or is it different because no. when bodies are alive, it's it, it, it's it's very like a, different. The difference between a naked dead body and a naked living person is very very. It's different. so different that that doesn't make you that doesn't change the way you see live naked bodies. No, I guess it not doesn't. at all. Okay. It doesn't. So when you see nudity on TV or in the movies, that, it's still exciting. It's not fun. A, it's not a big deal. No, it's no. I mean, I'm I'm not a person that's really sensitive about nudity in general. But I, I don't think um, – I don't compare the two. Again, like just having respect for your profession, like it, it's not something you think about. And private parts are covered during the embalming process. If you saw your, a sibling naked or one of your parents naked, that's not a big deal to you? No, I don't think it would but be But that doesn't have anything issue. to do with your job though. What do you mean it doesn't have anything to do? Nudity is not a big deal to you. It already was never a big deal to you. It doesn't no. have to do with you being used to seeing. No, I, I never even like had to think like this person's naked. This is, you know, it's, it's, you know, you obviously they have to be naked for what you're doing. You know, you want to wash them. You want to make sure they're thoroughly cleaned. You don't want them to smell when they're having their services. Oh, you, you want to wash be- their whole body? Yeah, it's like the final bath for that individual. Oh, well, how do you do it? Yeah, do you use a scrubber? So when when you go to embalm, you place somebody on your embalming table. Usually it's like porcelain or a steel table. And um, there's um, generally it drains down in. So you have water running the entire embalming. Like a shower head? No, like you have like a long hose usually connected to a little hose clamp at the top of your table. And then the water is just running down. So again, it's like you're always flushing, flushing the body. You're washing the like body. Like a strainer. No, not a strainer. Like spaghetti in a strainer. Uh, no, not spaghetti in a strainer. You're just—it's just, it's just it, you're washing the body during the embalming process. You're helping facilitate the fluids to move around the body. That's why you're massaging um, mm. the body. You massage all the parts of it. Yeah, usually yeah, like do, the extremities. Do, do and, bodies are they when they come to you? Are they have they been cleaned already or not? N- no, they're d- no. they're kind of dirty. Well, it is. Yeah, in a sense, do de- they smell? depends on where they. Depends on what situation they're in, like what bad, phase of the process they have bad in. body odor sometimes? Like it's uh, not so uh, much, armpits? It's not so much body odor. It's more um, if they're in any stage of decomposition. I mean, automatically when you die, your body starts to decay. That's just the natural processes. So depending on how far along or how, how soon you got into refrigeration, depends on how far along you're going to be in that process. When's the longest a body can go before it gets to you? Or when's the longest it has gone before it got got to you? Oh, I've had bodies that I, – I, it's hard to say. I don't know exactly how long. But, I mean, I've had bodies that are rapidly decomposing or um, – and honestly, even if you've been dead a week versus three weeks, if that person who died three weeks ago was put into refrigeration right away, they might be in a lot better shape than the individual who, who only died a week ago but was out of refrigeration for a few days. What's the most decayed body you've received? Well, I've had individuals that are unrecognizable. So you've had to do like just basically what's called topical embalming where this, the internal system is so far far gone that there's really no – positive efforts you can make as far as making this person look like themselves again. You know, we do everything in our best ability to make them presentable, but there are certain situations where you have to let the family know your loved one is unviewable. 
It, and that's uh, always are unfortunate. You, uh, when they're very decayed, are you seeing their skeleton at all or, or what? No. Um, in, in fact, the opposite. Usually people tend to bloat quite a bit because um, they're filled with um, gases. Um, and then the, there's obviously extreme discoloration involved. What's, um, what color are we talking? Usually like greens or dark. Um, you can get to a, like almost like a really dark purple. So people, you've had bodies black. that look black. Hmm. Almost, yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. it just depends on on the the you know. Again, what's the, the most extreme? What's it. the most intense kind of death a body has experienced that you've received? When I when I go to try to think about the most extreme that I've dealt with. Um, I it first started with the removal. I used to do a lot of removals, which means bringing them from their place of passing into the funeral home. And so, again, I to reference, um, I talked about how I worked for a mortuary that had a military contract. It's not where I work now. But um, I had an individual, a military man that had um, unfortunately took his own life in a very small quarters and he rapidly decomposed very quickly because he was in the middle of the summer and, he, and people didn't know where he was for a couple of days. So we had to How get... How old was he? I think like 20. I mean... Oh, most, young. Yeah, very yeah. young. Wow. Um, but completely unrecognizable. Um, do you like to know the stories of, of all the bodies? You do, right? I, I do. Yeah. I think it's important just to remember, you know, sure. that they're they're not just this scare, almost no, scary looking corpse. They're, right. They were somebody. No, None of those stories ever make you get emotional at all or it's it's not so much get them i mean because you, you when you are it. meeting with the family and i trust me i there have been times where i have been emotional but it's usually not in front of the family it's when i come home and i'm like man today was today was a rough one and it's not usually when i'm because of working in the back it's usually because of how what somebody said um when i was meeting with them and it's the little things like what reminds them of their loved ones and them just kind of sharing their grief with me some, it's hard sometimes to disconnect from that grief and to just not take that on yourself. How did the military man um, commit suicide? Um, the He taped up the, the – so there was no air in the room, and he did the whole, uh, like, carbon monoxide ultimately um, with the little barbecue. But that wasn't his – his appearance, though, because he hadn't, hadn't been found in a while, yeah, and, and was so intense. That's, exactly. And so even though he didn't cause inflict any major damage to himself, yeah. um, so which is interesting. You know, a lot of times people think, you know, they're – I don't know. I mean, I don't know what goes in, on in people's heads when they commit suicide. Obviously, there's a lot going on. But, you know, there's, there's multiple ways to do that. And um, – I don't know how much thought goes into it, but some people don't want to inflict harm, um, maybe, you know, for their loved ones not to see them that way, so to speak. But I don't know if that was on this gentleman's mind, but he was, you know, even though he didn't inflict any harm, he was one of the most unrecognizable bodies I've ever seen. So it's just what kind of interesting. What does his body look like? Because um, he's very, very swollen. It was one of the hardest things ever to get him out of that bathroom. Do you go in with a crew or something? It was just me and one other girl. Oh, you had to go to his house? No, it was in the it was. barracks on the military base. But her job oh, is to go in and you, take you remove had a, the body. You took the body from the place where he died. Yeah, so that, so that was part of... I don't do that as much anymore. I mostly stay at the facility and do involvement with And you, have a, you say you bring someone with you to, to carry the body? It's just the two of you carrying the body? Yeah. Is so, that it's heavy? So well, we have a cot, a mm -hmm. cot, um, and NCIS was there, but they didn't really help. They they just, um, they were there for the crime scene, which isn't typical. Obviously, how bloated? How many? 
how bloated did he look? I mean, what he was it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't have it to, um, anything to compare to because I don't know how big of a gentleman he was prior to because, unfortunately, I didn't get to see a photo with him. Um, but he was just significantly swollen. Did it look like he – did he look puffed – I mean, did it look like yeah. a balloon like yeah, being like blown a, up? Yeah, almost like a blowfish style. Oh um, and another – And all the whole – his whole body, everything is expanded. Yeah, yeah. So it and sort of so looks there like was a Michelin man kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, but uh, not the color of the Michelin Man. Yeah, it, the it's, opposite. It's definitely not. Um, well, what color something. was he? He was very green. He mm-hmm. was very green. Um, mm-hmm. He and he started to what's called a process called degloving, where um, his like epidermis is separating from his dermis on his hands. Um, just just really um, difficult things to deal with when you're trying to get somebody out of a, a, bath, a small bathroom. What is the dermis versus the epidermis? The epidermis is like your outer layer of your skin. Okay. And the dermis is the inner. And the dermis is like the next layer down. So, the, and so when you're separated. degloving, yeah, that, that separates from each other. And it only happens in your hands? Or does degloving happen degloving, all over your body? Well, degloving is what happens specifically to your hands. Um, it's called skin slip or desquamation. Um, when it happens all over, yeah. Desquamation. Desquamation. Is that right? Yeah. Desquamation. <laughs> so that's degloving of the body. That's a the body glove. <laughs> yes, in, in a sense. Yeah, it's your skin uh, separating from itself, and yeah, it's a it's a challenging. Can you feel that when you're with. trying to carry him? I mean, is it? Well, yeah, it's it makes it the removal more challenging. What do you wear when you're removing a body? Do you wear a hazmat suit or what? No, I I wish we had hazmat suits that day. No, I mean we knowing the situation because NCIS did brief us a little bit on that particular situation. Um, we did bring like boot covers and gloves. That's what we had. Just so. boot covers and gloves. <laughs> yeah. You mean those blue things like, you just like, put on your shoes? Yeah, you those little booties. The booties. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just all we gloves. Had. Yeah. So did you get some bodies on your clothes? Some no, body or, juices. Uh, we were very, very careful. So we, and we luckily we had some extra sheets with us. So we were trying to, you know, make, like you know, you do do what you have to do did to it, try did, to. Did that body smell? Yes. It yeah. did. What did yes. it smell like? It's hard to describe a decomposing. Was it really body bad though? Does it smell like a? Di- smell. When, if, uh, sometimes uh, we've all smelled dead animals caught in the walls somewhere of a place you live, a dead mouse, something like that. Yeah. Does it have a similar smell? It it does in a sense. Yeah. I, you know, I I've gotten to the point where the smell of decomposition is you get used to it. Like it, it, when you first smell it, it's always kind of grossly offensive. And then if it's like, say you have um, somebody who's in your refrigeration unit who is a, like a PA case, which means a public administrator. So we're waiting on documents to get this person out of here. We actually currently have a PA case at my work right now. So and they hang they usually end up hanging out for a long time. And you because they're there so long, you know, just like any smell, you get used to it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not something fun to deal with. There's there's almost this weird like sweet smell to decomp not not that it's enjoyable but it's this this putrid sweetness that i would describe decomposition sweetness as. it's it's a putrid kind of sweetness it's not a good sweet I, it's very I think hard. I know. It's sa- maybe it's more very, sour. Maybe sour more. Yeah, uh, I know. I, it's it's really hard to describe. But sweet and sour. Are you the only <laughs> two there that are ta- like? Is there anyone else there just hanging out in the room? When you guys oh, took during that, that bo- removal? Yeah. Like I said, in that particular instance, NCIS was there. Oh yeah. Um, but usually, when you go, like, 
Like when somebody dies on hospice, I don't know if you've ever had somebody pass away on hospice in your home. Um, you often a lot of families there. Um, so just every first call. And there's something I really like about first calls. That's what they're called when you because it's the first call. It's the first notification you get usually is when somebody calls and says, you know, I have a loved one. Or somebody died, come come get them. You know, they're either at a hospital, they're at a skilled nursing, they're at, you know, where, wherever they may be off. But lately, you know, because of the luxury of hospice and things like that, people people get to die at home. So we do a lot of residence calls. And so families are often there and um, nurses, social workers. So you usually have a pretty big audience. So you have to be as, obviously as reverent and sometimes it's, it is challenge moving people, especially, you know, I'm not a, a huge person. <laughs> and so um, luckily we usually have another person with us, but you, you learn how to work with what you have and you definitely get strong <laughs> doing calls. Yeah. yeah. How many bodies that come in are because of suicides? What percentage would you say? Oof. I mean, in the entire span of my job sure. career so far, I don't know. I mean, are actually ruled suicides? Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't keep track of the the numbers. Uh, I've probably done more than other morticians or embalmers because of just the places that I've worked at. You know, um, obviously, some places are going to have, and because I had that military contract, and unfortunately, suicide's so, so high in the military. So I got a lot in working there. So I've probably done, worked on more. And then uh, where I work now, we get a lot of drug overdoses. So I know that's not technically. What, what, so the majority is drug overdoses, yours? No, no that's not the majority. But oh, as far as like. You when just young, get a lot. We get a lot of those. Well, how many are old? Like people. what percentage is old age? The majority of our cases, I mean, just as far as I think any funeral home. What would you say? What's the what's the what's the okay? So the leading cause of death for you, as far as bodies that you get deal with, are old age. Well, that's not what it says on the death certificate, but yes, there's. You don't see old age. It's you know, yeah, natural causes. Natural causes. Yeah. And then after that, what is the second most? Do you think? Uh, Well, I mean, if you're just talking about cause of death. As far as top cause of death is usually something to do, like, you know, we always kind of joke, classic coroners, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. You know, you see stuff like that on death certificates all the time, you know. Uh, things that are heart and lung failure are really common. And then you get the the liver failure, you know, cirrhosis and things like that. How off, What about cancer? Where's that on the list? And then, yeah, I was just going to say that cancer is very, very high. And in each of those cases, it is beneficial to know those sort of things. But you can tell usually when someone has cancer, once you go to embalm them, they have, you know, either, you know, very minimal hair. They have the little cancer treatment pump. They have multiple IVs. Their skin is just a different texture. There's... So knowing things like that um, helps you in determining what chemicals you're using during the embalming Does process. knowing the st- kind of the statistics of deaths help you understand how to live your own life in a way? Does that make sense? Or to uh, things to not worry about uh-huh. that, oh, the cases of this are so seldom that I probably don't need to worry about that or... Yeah. Or do you even think about that? Do you even think about your own life? Oh, I I definitely think about my own mortality. Mm -hmm, Um, I I think, you know, people in this business are forced to think about Mm -hmm. it more often than your average person. But, you know, and it's probably hard for some to not be a little bit of a hypochondriac. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely a little bit of a clean freak when it comes to, 
washing my hands and things like that just because of what I'm around. But I don't I don't tend to dwell on specific diseases to worry about. I'm more of that person who looks into like genealogy and things like that. What to worry about specifically in my family, you know, what's killed off my loved ones and that's mm-hmm. the things I'm worried as opposed to statistics mm-hmm. um, making my fears. Uh-huh. Yeah. And how often do you deal with children? Um I again Previous places I've worked at, um, I I dealt with it more. I have actually have not dealt with a, t- a young child. When in you a see while. a child, does that just does that make you sad? It's not so much it makes me sad. It I mean, it, it's tragic and in its own right. You know, every every lo- life loss is tragic, but it's definitely you know. Do you even think that old age? Natural causes are tra- tragic. It's yeah. it's not so much you know when you're watching somebody go through it, especially if they've never experienced a death. Even if the guy was 97, there it's still a loss to that person. And what's you the have oldest to be body? Sensitive. What's the oldest? 106 body? was wow, the 106. oldest person. What's the I've youngest? On. What's the youngest? Well, I've had people. The, the youngest I've actually newborns. embalmed was just probably about 15, 16 weeks gestation. Mm. So wow. very very young. So if you're un- if you um, lose a baby under 20 weeks gestation, you don't even need a permit um, for disposition. You just need like a signed letter by a doctor stating like this this was like a pre because people still hold funerals even when babies are that young. They'll come to us and want either them cremated or sometimes they do want to see. Very rarely. You've had f- funeral. Have you had uh, burials for mm-hmm. infants? Yeah. Yeah, usually any- when they're that small, they're usually cremated. But I definitely, um, you know, especially like stillborns, they often are are buried. Okay. Well. Okay. So tell me about this. We we get keep getting sidetracked, but um, and that's um, you know that's our fault. But can I hit one real? <laughs> quick? Oh, you go real quick. Uh, uh, do you ever get people that are like from animal attacks? Like a shark attack, or bear attack, or dog, or anything? I don't think black I- widow. I don't think I have. You've never seen, never seen a spider bite I'd, that killed somebody. I didn't, not knowingly. I mean, sometimes you don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever have had an animal attack. So does that make you kind of? That's what I mean. Is that make you less afraid of animal attacks? For, <laughs> no, for, I would know, not. Person. I wouldn't say that. I, I mean, I don't live in fear of being attacked by an animal mm-hmm. in any sense. What about so. spiders? Though? Do you get scared of spiders? No, I don't. I don't mind. Spiders. Not even black widows or the brown recluse. I, I don't see those. Very Do you believe often. in ghosts? They're out there. I I have mixed feelings about ghosts. Oh, so you sort of believe in ghosts? I sort oh, she of. Does, yeah. I sort of believe in ghosts, well, I, but I sort of don't. Oh wait, I, oh, it's God. really. So wait hard. a second. Have you have we you had done. ghostly experiences? Never at a mortuary. Oh, I, just in your own personal. life? I've had one experience that is unexplainable, and I'm one of those people who definitely applies reason to things. <laughs> and I don't have to get into my long weird ghost story with you guys, but. Yeah, you know, when you have something unexplainable in your life, that's always hard. Was the unexplainable, it wasn't at your job. It was, it was in, in my home. It was yeah. in your home. Yeah. It had nothing wild, to do with your job. had nothing to do with my, it was before I was in my job. You were young. I was 17. So I had already decided, but I but I was, had not started. Did, did that experience, and we do want to talk about that experience, but did that experience <laughs> have any effect bearing. on bearing on your job at all no, no what, what did you start working in when you were 18 well no i i shouldn't say i i i went into mortuary school basically right out of high school i got my general ed done really quickly and so i was like 18 going on 19 when i started more i was the youngest in the program and so it had no bearing on on, oh. on your job your no life. i didn't i mean for years i didn't even think about it and then i think it was kind of like 
not like this, but so, um, somebody asked me if I believed in ghosts or if I'd ever seen a ghost at work. And, I, and it made me think of that moment. Like, I, for so long, I didn't even think about it. Have you ever seen a body twitch? You know, just because of <laughs> regular reasons? Uh, yeah, and a lot of, I mean, there's that, you know, people do bodies sit up. People ask me that. Oh, no, bodies do not sit up. But have you ever seen <clears> a, <throat> a hand just spasm or something? Because it's just some weird... Yeah, you know, more, more like gravity taking over happens, mm. like because you know, like I explained, you're on an embalming table, oh. the individuals on an embalming table, and say, you know, their hand kind of will just like fall off the table, and oh, then you walk yeah. by it, and you feel, like just seeing like things like that. And that always what about makes a, me have laugh. eyes ever opened on you? Oh, yeah, that was an asset. You know, just you, are eyes has, ever has opened? Eyelids? Have the eyelids just ever? been closed and they open up and then they look it looks like they looked at you not not in not in a sense where like it looked like they were looking at me more just like it's a slow like dehydrating feature of their eyes but nothing creepy the only time i've ever i can tell you this the only time i've ever like jumped because of a body and it was it purely just startled me i was an apprentice i was working at the first mortuary i ever worked at you have to do a two-year apprenticeship by the way to get licensed Mm mm-hmm so I was an apprentice, and I was just moving a body from, like, a shelf to a table. And the table was lower. And so instead of going side to side, I was pulling, you know, from the shelf this way, you know, like a vertical. And so he was kind of dropping down to a lower level. And so his head went first, and his head fell back, and there was some trapped air in his lungs. And so he expelled it as he felt, and he just was like a, like, right in my face, and I did. I jumped back. And he then, breathed on you, basically. And so that was the, like the only time that I'd ever had that happen. And even though I'd heard that that could happen, I was like, "Oh my god!" Did you, did you scream? <laughs> I it was more like a like you know just yeah. a startle. So it seemed like he actually took a breath. It it did. And then I thought for just like one logical second, I'm like, you know, you know that can happen. But it was just you know one of those things you never really oh, sure. Yeah. Believe it was, his, and so. was his eyes open when that happened? Yeah, his eyes were, but often dead bodies' eyes are open. Yeah. Oh, it, really? The whole time? And, until you close them, yeah. It's so, yeah. When you find bodies, depends. are they open too? They're yeah, they're often open. Oh. I mean, they're not always open, but yeah, it's just how it depends on how you died. Have you yeah. ever seen a dead body that's not relaxed? Oh yeah. So oh, like, well, when rigor mortis sits in, which is within, it really depends on the time frame, like in all of the surroundings going on, you know whether. You know, the temperature in the room, you know, there's just a lot of things that factor in rigor mortis. And um, so when they're rigid in rigor mortis, you often have to break rigor when you're embalming. So you feel that stiffness in the joints and you got to you yeah. know, straighten out the have arms and get their arms. Have you ever seen a face in a concerned look on a face mm-hmm. that's a dead body? Face? Oh, yeah. What about a oh, smile? Concern. Have a smile. I have seen smiles, which makes me so happy. Um, why would, do you think one was smiling when they died? I don't know. I mean, it, it maybe it just I'm perceiving it as a smile. Maybe it wasn't. A Has there ever been a big smile showing teeth? And the everything? best, the best one I've ever seen. It was just like it wasn't even an embalming. Um, I was just we were boxing for cremations um, one morning in um, an old place I used to work. We had to like check the cremation. So somebody else had boxed him, and um, so I was just checking like his ID tag, making sure everything was legitimate. And I go and I look at his face and. Not only was he smiling and it was like a smirk to the side, but he was also winking. And it just made me, it actually made me like laugh out loud. I was like, this is awesome. This guy is going out really did he, cool. Did he look good? Was he, he looked great. Was he was a handsome guy? Yeah. No, no. He was just like, like, smiling he just and looked so happy. You know, it was, it was sweet. There was something, I just got a little joy out of oh, that. That's nice. Do people, yeah. 
I'm not going to ask if you do this, but do do people at your work ever judge bodies like, oh, that person's good looking or whatever and stuff? Do they ever do that? Well, it's more. Do they judge people on attractiveness? That's a beautiful body, right? If they said it like that, I'd be concerned. But if it's more like, you know, you looking at photos of a person because it's hard, like, like. You, especially, you know, when it's a young person and or and or they're, in a sense, complimenting my work. Like, oh, my God, she looks beautiful. Like, th- things like that you hear. But it's not so much like, wow, she's good looking. Like, that that would be a little... People no, 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 not in a creepy way, though. No. People would think that was inappropriate and stuff. I, I mean, I would think that you ever was heard, Have you ever heard any stories of a embalmer kind of somehow falling for the someone they were working falling with? For, falling for, no. Falling for, or like, you know, or no, but like kind of... Understanding their story, one, and then two, being physically attracted to the body and kind of becoming obsessed with the body. Has, has that ever come up? No, not in anybody I know. I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of a a weird topic in our, you know, mm-hmm. the topic of necrophilia is something that people have so much interest in. It's not something that runs rampant in our business. It's There's a huge disconnect there. And, you know, it's so disgusting and my I can't ever imagine somebody doing that I can't imagine getting yourself in the mindset because I it, it's just a living person versus a dead person is to, to, two totally different things and yeah it's never there's never an attraction there it's just it's a whole other topic it's yeah no <laughs> are you allowed to kind of play with the bodies and I mean that in a playful way I mean do you ever use them as puppets or something like that no, no. you're not allowed to do that i wouldn't do that i mean has anyone done that that you know i mean uh, co-workers have they ever kind of like made raised, raised a hand you know raised somebody's like hand me. and said oh hi hi elizabeth or whatever you know i i know i i mean it's not you know you gotta be respectful in a sense totally. and i don't i don't think i'd want somebody doing that to my my corpse. So I, I would never do that. And I mean, there's one thing to have, and you got to have a sense of humor in our business. Like that, that's one thing. Do people joke around at all? Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. We, we definitely joke hard in do my bodies business, ever but let out I don't the- let the, the dead bodies be part of that joking. Right. There's, since there's gas in their bodies, do they, the bodies ever pass gas from their butts? <laughs> they, um, they can't. Yeah, they can. There's a part of the embalming process, and I know we keep getting sidetracked. Yeah. Um, that's called um, aspiration, and that's where um, it's the secondary part of the process where you're t- um, aspirating the contents of the viscera out through suction. So you make a uh, just a small hole right above their belly button, you know, usually a little over, and you suck the contents through, you know, with a machine connected to a a hose connected to what's called a trocar. You pierce the abdomen and you suck out the contents, you know, in the stomach, in the heart, in the lungs. And um, that's where you're, because those, that, that decomposes too. So you need to eliminate the body of all those things. And then you inject um, through gravity um, cavity solution, which is for the thoracic and visceral cavities. And um, during that process, when you usually will smell um, the gases and things like that, because you're expelling it at that time. Where, where, Some where farts smell worse than others. I mean, isn't that true in normal life as well? You know, I think some people. No, but even in dead, with dead bodies, it's like that too. Yeah, I, I would say so. But it, I think it has, also has to do with, you know, you got to take into consideration some of these people, you know, have been ha- having gastrointestinal problems for years have and things ever, like that. Have you ever so. op- opened up, up a stomach or something? Are you Do you ever open the stomachs up? 
No. So no. what? So um, and I mean, maybe you're talking about this, maybe not. Um, a lot of people do confuse the mortuary business with the um, like forensic side of it, the medical examiner in the coroner's office. I mean, even families who come to me often mistake embalming for an autopsy. And they're like, oh, you know, when you take his organs out, I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't do that. So I, you never look at organs? When somebody's autopsied, like, so we pick them up from the coroner's office or medical examiner's office, um, the, the viscera comes to us in a bag. And so we're to treat that viscera. So we do see organs in that sense. Wait, so what is the viscera? The viscera is all, the, all our internal organs. Oh, so they have all of that in a bag? In a bag, And yeah. then the body is just the body. It's mm-hmm. outside. So they, the, use, they do... Um, you never called? get to see if there's a chicken wing or something that's in somehow... Like that hasn't been digested yet or something? So, I mean, if it were there, it would mostly be like probably in the intestines or in the stomach. So it might be in the contents in the bag. Um, we treat that viscera because um, it's to go back into the body. So when when you're embalming an autopsy, it's a totally different process than embalming a case who is not autopsied. Um, so you suture back up that Y incision after you treat all of the areas and access the arteries. So instead of injecting through just one artery, which is the goal with what's called a straight case, um, typically we use the carotid artery because, you know, close proximity to the heart, right next to the jugular vein. So you can inject through the carotid, drain through the jugular. So- but in the in a post or an autopsied case, you have to embalm each extremity separately because you no longer have a heart, obviously. So there's nothing to circulate the fluid around. Hmm. So, so you you oh. place the viscera back into the body and then suture it back up. I'm sorry. So okay, here's the steps: you get the body. <laughs> you know, you you are. Um, uh, can I start? You yeah. remove the body from the place, and where do you take that body? They take it. It's in the no, but but what car? Oh, in the removal van. You got a removal van? Yeah. It's you, just basically you, you a van. One? Do you drive it? No, we have a van. You drive it? Yeah. It's a big old van, big old back. Yeah, it's just like a minivan with the back seats removed. Have you ever... T- like a tray, and you can fit, fit two ha- cots have on Have you it. ever taken removed a body, put it in the back, and then you st- made a stop? <clears throat> like you stopped at Big Lots or something? <laughs> no. Or sandwich or anything? <laughs> or linens and no. things. Actually, a- anything. <laughs> Um, <laughs> think about it. Have you made one stop ever? To get, maybe to get gas, but we try not to do that. Have you ever shown anyone? Like no, no. And then, I'm not pulling over for that long. And then you, have you ever gotten pulled over for a ticket? And no. then and then oh, they no. like they they want to look in the back and they see it and it's and they You're see like, it. No. I always feel though if I did get pulled over, I feel like I'd get out of it. Oh you sure, know, yeah, yeah. Body. yeah. You got the right. So then you take that body where back to the mortuary. Straight and to the mortuary. Straight to the mortuary. And then, the you, and then what? Yeah. Take it step by step because I don't even know. Okay, go. Okay, so we, we pick up the body. This is assuming we have authorization from the family. You know, they've chosen okay. us as their designated mortuary. Okay. We go get the body, bring them back, put them in refrigeration. Um, at, by that time, some, In a drawer? Like the, no, like not in, in a drawer. We, we have, um, and most places don't have drawers. You're thinking more of like a hospital okay. morgue. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them just have large refrigeration units and with different either tables or shelving units, things like is that. It cold, is it really cold in there that you have it to is. wear a jacket and stuff? No, I mean, because you're not usually, you're not like hanging out in the mm-hmm. fridge. Right. So you put them in there, then what? And then, so depending on whether or not the family's already been met with, mm-hmm. and you got to remember, I'm, I'm a funeral doctor too. So I meet with families in addition to things in the back. So whether it's my case, um, meaning my, one of the families that I'm serving, or if it's, you know, another funeral director that works at my facilities, mm-hmm. um, you know, I determine whether or not the person, the, the individual is going to be an embalming. And sometimes we find out that day. And obviously, the closer to death we get to do the embalming, the better the results are. Oh, really? So let's say they are you're, they want to green light the embalming, then what? 
that's when we, they're removed. You know, either they never make it into the refrigerator. If we already have authorization, yeah, then what? Then we just go right to the embalming table, and you it's know. just a stainless steel table. Yeah, ours are stainless steel. Yeah. And then you got this body. Yes. Yes. So. And it's just you, one on one. Yeah. Just one on one and alone in this room. Yeah. You ever talk to the body? <laughs> Not in the sense like, like I'm telling them my problems, but, oh, oh, but go ahead. But more, you know, not I can't even say not really. It's more like like I'll usually have like music on while I'm embalming. What kind of music do you listen to? Green Day or something? No. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a I'm like a classic rock girl or alternative. Allison Chains. I got I, I do like Allison I like Queen. They're my I love embalming to Queen. Oh really? You like to embalm the Queen? <laughs> yeah, that's a nice one. Do you ever? Yeah. You ever listen to like, you know, dead related music? No, not really. <laughs> you ever listen to like really? Sweet, Lately, I've been doing beautiful... Pandora, so I let let Pandora choose. That's choose probably my better. Music. So, but you do kind of talk to the body a little bit. Not in not in the sense that you're thinking. It's more like. Have uh, you ever been like, hey, hey, what's going on? No, do you ever say? <laughs> no, because that would uh, mean I like, expect them to talk I'm back. Just, I'm just gonna prop you up right here. Like, do you ever say that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, I'm, I'm more like, pro- if anything, like I'll encourage them. Like, come on. Help me out here, like, or you know, like, on, especially. Do, do you if ever not call good... the body buddy? Like, do you ever say, "All right, come on, buddy." All right, buddy, come yeah. on, buddy. It, and yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think back. Like, it's more like, like, come on, like, you know. Maybe... Do you, do you feel alone in the room, or do you feel like you're with somebody? That's a good I, one. I, I feel alone in the room. Mm-hmm. Do you ever just stare right at the body, right near the eyes, and just think, like, is this thing about to move? Or... <laughs> No, I, is this thing gonna say something right I now? Is this thing gonna breathe that. on me? Like you ever, did that one time? What's the latest you've ever been one on one with a dead body? Like late at night? Maybe you've been up for like Do you work twenty late hours. At night ever? I, the, I have embalmed in the middle of the night. Um, there have been a couple instances it's called trade embalming, where you're called and you don't work for the mortuary. It's more of like an independent contractor, and um, so they'll call you and say, you know, we have three. Can you come? And you're paid like like per diem, you know, per per person you embalm, you get paid. Um, I don't. I don't really enjoy trade. I, I prefer steady work. But um, I have done it in the past, and um, so usually that is in the middle of the night because I'm having to do it after my regular, regular job. So yeah, it's it's not fun, especially when you were embalming all day and then all night. Like it. But it's not. Scary I shouldn't say it's not fun, but it's just it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Late at night, one on one with a dead body. Not, not that scary. You're not that no. scared. No, living people are way scarier than dead people. Really? Yeah. Well. Nobody's no dead person's gonna. Attack you? Has anyone ever tried to? Street, does like, anyone ever try to break into mortuaries? I'm sure. It are happens. there crimes at all for that? Do people sure. try to steal bodies sometimes? Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it happened. I mean, there are there are cases. You know, in mortuary school, you have to learn about basically the different. It's more about what the mortuary does wrong, but like all the cases where um, people mortuaries have been sued for you know people breaking into mortuaries, things going missing, you know, brought the wrong grandma to a funeral, different, just different stories that you know mortuaries have to constantly be aware of. So the body's on the embalming um, table. Yes. What is? What do you do? You do, you you drain it? You inject? Inject or drain? <laughs> Both first. of those things, but not right instant like that. Um, so you first you kind of want to do an analysis of who this is on your table. Um, you know, are they emaciated? Oh. Are they swollen with edema? Are they jaundice? That's yellow, is there any right? Dan- yes. Um, is there the any body's yellow. damage? Mm. And and it could be like a extreme jaundice where it's pretty obvious they're jaundice, where they're looking like the color of a pill container, almost like orange yellow. Or it can be really mild where you can only see the jaundice in their the whites of their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, so you just kind of do a case by case analysis, and that's how you choose your fluids. So um, ejecting goes first, then before the draining. Um, it's, it's simultaneous, but so you mix your tank, and so your tank is you know up there, um, and you mix your tank based off the case, and then you open up your incision point. Like I said, the go-to is the carotid spot, so you make just like a one-inch incision. It's really minimally invasive. When you mix your tank, you got all this solution in there. Yeah. And you just like how big is this thing? So it depends on how big the body is. Usually, it's like a two to three gallon tank. So okay, yeah. okay, it has different stuff in there depending different, on what yeah. that on the, on the on the size I wasn't going to get into like types no, no, size no, no, shape and color that. of the body. It depends <laughs> on the size different. shape and color of the body. Yeah. Then you you mix yeah. your little. It's more about tank. like the conditions, how long they've been dead, how long they've been out of refrigeration, just different different all factors. the different variables. Okay. And you, yeah, you, you got this tank ready to go. Before I forget, are you are you good at makeup because you do it for a living basically? You mean like on myself? Just, just yeah, on, on yeah, on yourself or on li- I, live I really people. Enj- I really, well, I don't. I mean, besides dead people and myself, I don't really cosmetize people all the time. But I mean, do you, did you have to study cosmetic? There is a makeup? very very small portion in mortuary school about cosmetics, but I, to me, that's something you kind of learn on the job. Um, I love that side of the do business. Do you think you're good at applying makeup? I, I I I do. I think I have an act for it, especially on decedents. Do you think that you could transfer over your work with dead bodies to doing makeup for TV and movies, for no. Scorsese movies, God, Scorsese? No. Let's say. I mean, I think I'd have more fun doing like the special effects type makeup okay. than I would just. Do you think like, you'd actually be good at for zombies? Effects, probably. Or, yeah. Do you think well, you'd be good at a zombie movie? I, I mean, I think it'd be fun. I don't know. I can't really say if I'd be good. It's I've so never tried interesting it. that you do like makeup, but also embalming. It's just such a, in my mind, like such a difference. And a lot of people don't like. What a, what a job people, you have! You have to do such a variety. You of have things. a lot of stuff. You have they, to have. There's a lot of skill. Uh, skill of sets it's involved, so, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like why would you have to do that too? But that's kind of cool. Go ahead. Yeah, and I really enjoy that side. Do of you have the to job. pick the outfit for the person? No, families usually bring. Okay. In oh, they outfit. do. Yeah. Do you want to be picking outfits out? No, I always because to me like. That's part of who that person was. So it's kind of you get a little inside oh. information as to who that person was. But I love when people bring in something with a little character. If, uh, if somebody doesn't, if you didn't, okay, if it seemed like the person didn't wear a lot of makeup normally, would you put, not put makeup on them? Yes. And we, their, get, we get requests for the from, show. We get, we get requests for from families a lot. Like, please, very natural, especially with men. People are always really concerned. Like, I just don't want them to look like they're wearing have, cosmetics. Do you, have, have you ever gotten a body, say a woman, who seems to, based on photos we've seen of them, wear a lot of makeup, you know, a lot of... Those eyeshadow are, those are fun. Uh, and do, and then and then and they don't they don't say anything then you think okay i'm going to put a lot of makeup on this and so then you do crazy makeup on them you do that well i i mean i try to base it off photos i mean if and i i will usually especially and that's kind of the advantage i have and not every embalmer has that advantage where they're meeting with the families but i try to ask a lot of questions of my families like you know what side of their hair did they part have you ever you made know, somebody have you ever made a woman look like a hoochie mama. <laughs> I, I've made women look like themselves, wearing lots of big blue eyeshadow and, and that fun stuff. Lipstick but, and everything. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I always, I always love, you know, especially when they they look like that in the photos, and they're he's bringing them back a little bit. I, I mean, I love that. Has it's any fun. family member ever requested like, oh, they like the Oakland A's, so put a hat on them or something? Well, I mean, people have brought in hats. Like hats or headbands or necklace, all that? Yeah, I mean, people have brought in lots of different stuff that probably... 
Has it, have you ever posed somebody, say a hippie kind of guy, ever posed him to do a peace sign while he's in the casket? I've never Dang, had, besides like holding an object, I've never had um, like a posed request. And I, I've always wanted, because that's becoming like a popular thing, especially in like oh, South America. Oh, is this America. a pose? Yeah, like people are being requested. Peace signs? Not pe- no, more extreme Middle than fingers? That. More extreme than that. Whoa. Like, Middle like sitting up. Uh-huh. Like people are asking for these funerals where there was one where a guy was staged on his motorcycle. There's one where like a guy was staged playing poker. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I would, as a, as far as an embalmer, like what a huge challenge. How do you, how do you prop someone make. up like that to sit up or stand up? To be perfectly honest, I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I've never gotten a request like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could do it. You'd have to get the body into that position. And then, then rigamortis. Ha- well, no, rigamortis is not something you can force. Um, it's more, you'd have to get them in that position <laughs> and can, embalm though. them in that position. So, because embalming... You embalm a, them in that position? That hardens have, them. You would have to. Oh, embalming makes it solid? Their body... Rigid. A, part of the process, it, it fixates the the molecules. Pose. Yeah, the, yeah. So, so you could actually have someone standing... And with no strings and no uh, nothing I, I, propping them up. I I don't think so. I oh. think you know because you'd have to you know make sure everything you'd have to was bomb them standing them I, standing up. I highly doubt somebody without something supporting them. You know because a lot of that you know is mental focus to be able to stand. It's not just like even like you're thinking like a wax figure. Even they have things propping them up. Yeah. It's not just. Do you ever have you ever standing. seen a body on a on a hook? Does that happen, or is that just in movies? That you mean like a meat hook? Yeah, Ooh. yeah. No, that's like um in in a horror movie. Okay. That, yeah. <laughs> that's not a real reality at all. Um, what about some the the family wants you to put a navy blue button up shirt or any sort of button up shirt? And have you ever been um in this position where you're like, should I button it all the way to the top or leave one down? And you're not sure, and you have to like. But you think I gotta leave take one? Take a gamble. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just make make the decision. Just the same as. Same as you do with like ties, like is this a full Windsor or a half Windsor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, do you shave people sometimes? Yes. Yeah, so shaving oh. is a very important element, but you know, with men um, and women. Actually. Do you know how to shave really well? Like, do men shaving because of this? It's a different type of. Sh- I mean, I, it's not different. I mean, you use a razor and you shave, but it's as far as like getting instructions from the family is so very important because you never know what kind of facial hair somebody's rocking. Why? In why life. are you shaving these people? Because they they didn't. Well, a lot of people they die with like five days stubble. So the family they wants want it. Hair st- they want it bare. And hair clean. stops growing when someone dies. Yes, it stops growing. Mm. What? Where that whole immediately rumor, rumor happened. Is people, your hair, you can, your skin will kind of dehydrate and like pull back. And so it almost looks like your hair's grown a little bit sometimes. Fingernails? Yeah, no, Same it's thing. not. It's, yeah, it's not growing. Again, your, your, the cuticle beds are just dehydrating and shrinking back. So it makes your nails look <laughs> So as grown. soon as you die, the, it all no, stops. It all then. stops. Yeah, well, yeah, the whole pro, the death is a process. So things decay in different, in different uh, lengths oh. of time based off that process so you ever color anyone's hair i have dyed many people's really? hair. yeah but the shaving thing though you so you know how to shave a man's beard i do yeah mm-hmm. it's pretty do you shave legs too ever i uh, you know i've never sh- had to shave legs no you shave it, have you ever somebody, shaved a, ch- shaved a if chest somebody requested me to shave legs i would what about chest oh what about armpits too actually one. no i've never got one yeah um, Again, it's all about a matter of request. Like, I'm not going to do, I mean, because you're wearing clothes. I've never had somebody, that smallest, so to speak, outfit. I've 
uh, buried somebody in with a cheerleading outfit, like they had, a high school cheerleading outfit. Was she a high school student? Yes, she was. Wow. Uh, yeah. And they have they they have you ever dressed them up in costume or anything like that or no, like, like a fire, a, like a fireman outfit or something? Oh yeah, yeah. Usually, if it's some sort of service type industry really? like that, For yeah. The cheerleader though. Well, first of all, okay, say it wasn't a cheerleader. Have you ever have you ever thought because the family wanted an outfit and you ever thought, well, that's a little bit. A little liberal, you know. Like, do, have you ever th- kind of thought they should be more conservative about no. the way they want to dress up? No, I'm the only time. Has, it, has I a ever... family ever requested someone to just be in their like underwear because they're naked? Their, like, they're naked. I have had people request their loved ones to be naked, um, not but not for open casket services, um, but like especially with cremations. When you first wash the body, uh, what kind of what are you using soap or what? Wait, yeah, before you do the soap. do you wash the body first before the momming process? Yeah, I, I try to do like a pre-wash and, and then... shampoo the hair. Do you uh-huh. like... using different stuff? Yeah, I use shampoo. You use separate shampoo on the hair, and then yeah. you wait. Use I'm sorry. What, some sort of what kind of you use Dove soap or something? <laughs> no. Wait, do you use shampoo right... and conditioner? Uh, conditioner only if they need it. I mean, just like what do you mean if they regular? need it? If they need it, if it's dry. <laughs> but like, I mean, like if there's tingles or you know if you need why you would use conditioner and let like, me ask you this if you're using conditioner do you ever trim the hair get them i have split ends? uh i don't usually i don't cut hair unless people request it and i i don't i mean i'm not of license i'm like i'm, sure, I'm sure. don't so i try not to get too involved because you know it doesn't grow back i can't make any major changes do so. you have to when you wash the body you have to touch the penises oh. man you're <laughs> and, and and vagina and that's vagina. actually a a fair question. I mean, what, vaginas, penises, private you parts. You got gloves. You have on, to first touch. You have I to. Do. You have to I, clean those parts I'm, too. Just so you know, I'm fully gowned. You know, on like the removal. Is that weird for you? You have a mask on. Is it... um, so I have a face shield, hair, PPE gown, got it, got it. Uh, gloves. Um, Is it weird boots. for you to touch these people's private parts? No, again, I don't even. It's just another part of the body. Sure. I, do you have to I, when, you, when you're like, cleaning the body? Do you have to wipe the, the butt? Uh, so you spray with disinfectant spray, and you want. I mean, it's just like like yeah. a nurse giving a sponge bath to their patient. It's. I'm sure they think of it the same way. Is the well, it's probably weird to them a little bit. I think bit. it's probably weirder because yeah. they're alive. Yeah. <laughs> Is but, it strong faucet like water pressure? Water pressure? It's no. It's just. Do you go really water. hot with water? Because no. Might as no. I don't go super hot. Might as well. Because I, I mean, I because I have you know had, I have gloves on and I don't want to. Have you had bodies that are very dirty? I have sometimes you come from the coroner's office um, because the coroner doesn't take care of them. So if you die in like a car accident, like there's had been like windshield glass and things mm. like that, which is not fun. I mean, did, <laughs> what? What? I don't know the way you said it. <laughs> have you ever had a, a body that you felt like they just didn't? They were just had bad hygiene habits. Yes, I have dealt with bodies who probably didn't take care of themselves or weren't taken care of near Mm. the ends of their lives. You ever seen a body and you're just like, oh, God. I have absolutely. I can't do this today. It's like Monday morning. I can't. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Have you ever, like. Especially when they're, like, have, like, hepatitis C and you're just like, ugh. Oh, so you have to be super careful? Yeah. When you have, when you're dealing with something where it's, like, you know, it's contagious and you're just, like. It's it's always contagious. It doesn't just, like. Go away. Go away. Viruses like once they do die. go away, but there, I mean, viruses do need a host to live, but there is some, like, hang time for specific diseases. Um, uh. Like, when, when AIDS came out, really became popular in the 1980s, there were funeral homes that were refusing to embalm bodies. Yeah. And so um, 
so yeah, which became like a big thing. And now, and then they made a law that you cannot refuse to take care of a body, um, you know, based off any communicable disease. And, and uh, Ebola is the exception um, these days. But um, but yeah, I mean, and I wouldn't discriminate. It's just you, you as an embalmer, need to be more careful. I pro- you know, I'm the, I'm the person who gets STD test every year, even though I'm married. But it's because of the job I do. And you know, my doctor's was like, you don't need these. Wait, you and can I- get an STD. From a dead well, body? AIDS is an, is an STD. I get all uh, those kind of tests. But yeah, you can get... You can get oh, sure. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, so, you, I mean, it's all just... It's called universal precautions. You use that whenever you're taking care of somebody. Like yeah. like nurses, you know, you're yeah. exposed to a lot. So My uncle you, poked himself with a hepatitis C needle when he was young. Ooh. He was a doctor. And he got it? A, a, hepatitis B, yeah. He, he got did, it? He did get it in 1970. Wow. And then, did, so did you... Um, uh, but you ever have a close call? You're like, oh I have been to the hospital... Three or four, four times since I've been in this job. Why? Why? Once I got super glue in my eye. That sucked. Whoa. Uh, yeah. What do you mean super glue? What were you super gluing up? A stick? I was super gluing their eye, and I got super glue in my super eye. How did you get it in your eye? Yeah. So you know when super gluing it open. A pencil. Wait, why are you super gluing their eyes? So because eyes do tend to open, like like I was describing. I was like, yeah. Dehydration. Oh, you want it out? Closed. You want them closed? Yeah. We don't take eyes out. I'm sorry. You want Wait, to do you want bo- do you want I does anyone request that the eyes are open at a funeral? The only I've had requests to see blues. like teeth, but no, when your eyes usually change color. So Oh, you no, want them showing just, their teeth sometimes? They I've want ha- them to- I've had somebody request showing their teeth. So sometimes you have people's best feature. How do you actually mold the face to look a certain way? Embalming again has that fixing oh. process. So I I always try to put like a Pleasant. I don't. Obviously, I don't want them to be like grinning from ear to ear. Like unless they did want. Them. Yeah, but I've had people. Oh, we actually had a guy. Rec- the family requested because I guess he was like an old ladies' man. Like he thought he was Hugh Hefner, and the son said, "Put a smile on his face, like he just got laid." That was what. And so did you execute? And my, the, I wasn't the funeral director, but the funeral director told me that, and I was dying. I was like, did you "I do will it? do the best I can." What did that look like? I mean, basically, while I was embalming his head, I like held my hand there, like I made, I tried to make it really look like he was smiling. Do you also, in that case, make his eyes bigger too? Well, yeah, because I mean, you yeah. know, when you smile, your smile's not just in your mouth; it's in your it's it's temp- it's, it's in your forehead, working with it's, your eyes, it's your too. whole face. So you want to like massage the face and get everything to just be. In. And you sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't work like you want it to. You know, gravity still takes over. Have you ever messed up? Yeah. Messed up is where it was so drastic where I couldn't fix it. Yeah, and then and and also maybe the family was unhappy with what you did. That's I mean, a good one. Well, a lot of times. And the thing is, like, as an embalmer, you grow pretty thick-skinned. You can't take anything personally because no matter what, you can't bring this person back to life. And you can't – they're never going to look 100% like themselves because they're dead, you know? Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I'm a, you kind of need to see them dead. They can't look 100% perfect because then, you know, it's it's not going to really sink in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you want to see them. I, I'm a firm believer in, like, having that opportunity to say goodbye. And – um yeah, I've had people say, like, this, didn't, this doesn't look like her. Actually, it was a couple weeks ago. Does that bum you out? Well, usually concerned. I had one woman, she said it was her sister, and she said, that's not her face. 
And I'm like, Whoa. excuse me? And she's like, that, that's not her face. And I'm like, well, that's very specific. And I'm like, well, is there some, because I want her to, you know, recognize her sister. You want her to be happy. I want her, I just want her to know, like, and she was like, like, I'm concerned. And I'm like, you're concerned it's not her? And she's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, you know, do you want to see her ID ban? Like, what, what can I do to help you? She's like, I just don't know. And she goes, I don't think her son should see her. And I'm like, you know what? Let, let him, I'm like, don't, don't put any thoughts in his head before he sees, because he wasn't there yet. And I'm like, let him make the decision on his own. And so he sees her and he's like, oh my God, she's beautiful. You know, thank you so much. Hmm. And she's like, oh my God, I didn't say anything. Thank you so much for not telling me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, why, why do you think she's like, well, I haven't seen my sister in 15 years. <laughs> I'm like, well, of course you didn't recognize her. People change in 15 years. So it's, it's like, you know, you just got to talk to people and figure out what it is mm -hmm. that's missing. And, and that, I mean, that was just one circumstance. There are different, you know, somebody can really change their appearance just in two months, especially if they're not eating anything, if they have cancer, you know, when that comes, sort of stuff. When it comes to embalming, is the face the most important part? Oh, Because 100%. that's, no that's the, what's going to be seen the most, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. No question. Do you, um, where did you meet your husband? Working. You, was, you worked in the same place. Not now. We worked. But you for, did. Yeah. When you met. Yeah. He interviewed me for my very first job. Mm -hmm. And did you <laughs> feel a special connection because of you're both passionate about the same line of work? I mean, I, I love. He's been in the business a lot longer than I have, um, and I loved the passion he still had because burnout is very popular in our business. You know, it's it's a hard job on you physically and emotionally, and he still seemed to care about each individual. He cared. He takes a lot of pride in what he does. Did that attract you to him? Yeah, it attracted to me him me to him in that sense, but I also like I just wanted to learn so much, so I kind of tried to focus on on that aspect and you know forget my attraction to this guy. Well, I guess like what, <laughs> how, how how much of a factor was uh, what you guys do for a living in finding the connection you guys had romantically? I th I think it was a bigger factor than I realized at the time, because um, I you know I was dating somebody for a long time before you met Eli. Before I met Eli and. Um, I realized it is really nice because he is understanding of my schedule, you know, because it's not a typical nine to five job. You know, we work long hours. Um, he was with me where I was having to do calls. So my phone would ring in the middle of the night and I had to leave. Oh. So he's, since he'd been through that too, he was very understanding and, you know, maybe somebody in not so in the from business. So from a when, practical perspective, yeah. that's where it kind of but, ha had something to do. And also you get to talk about the job and he can totally understand and relate like mm -hmm. you can he can come home and be like man i had a case today that was whew, it was a hard one or you know and i and i get it i'm i'm not just looking at it from an outside like i i've been there and that's why i understand so i mean there are some times where we sit and just talking about embalming chemicals for hours like really? we're, we're both real big nerds for our job really yeah other yeah, um <laughs> Are there like message boards online that you guys uh, go to? I'm sure there are. I'm not really involved in in those. It's not I still... that big of a nerd. <laughs> I guess not in that sense. I still are there meetups? Are there mortician meetups? No, I mean I'm I'm friends with a lot of morticians because really? you know I'm with them. You know, you guys have parties. And That's whatnot? actually when we. Uh... Do you have dead man parties? <laughs> oh, I got one. No. What? This is maybe inappropriate. You don't have to answer this, but okay. but have you ever, has, or do you know anyone, or have you ever been like kind of high, in like looking at a body? Or no, like, I've never been high on the job. No. Okay, that's good. I don't. I don't really. I'm just wondering if that'd be like really, just a wild experience for someone. <laughs> or has anyone? Do people like? Do people ever like? Ever like? Do you hear about people like drinking down there? Like I, 
I'm, yeah, I'm sure. It seems like yeah. a job where maybe a drink people. Well, especially because like, you're alone and you're. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, is that a thing? People maybe I saw in a movie or something. I can't remember. Okay. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, there's always the mortician eating the sandwich on puts well, it on yeah, the guy's chest. Yeah, You ever slept in the in a room one on one with the body, or taken a nap? No. I should say. No, I I. I want to get home to sleep. I don't want to sleep at the mortuary. I'm not the mortuary enough. I also, have you ever had I don't dreams? Have you had oh, dreams I was about, just going to ask that. I have swear. you ever had dreams I about swear. it? <laughs> have you ever been haunted and had dreams? Have you ever had dreams about your job? You know, like when you're a, you're a waitress or something and you dream you're working and yeah. then you wake up you and you're like, like man. But you never had a dream that they come to life or anything? No. Okay. No. I, I mean, I, I wish I had like a more of a, a dream. I, I had a dream recently where it was like a it's a wonderful life situation where I was like an angel to another funeral director trying to convince him not to leave the industry. That was a pretty cool dream. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, that go, you go to mortuary parties with all mortuary mortuaries. Yeah, so there's there's funeral director associations, and I'm in, I'm involved. Do you with connect those. immediately to embalmers? I wouldn't say immediately. It's a tight community, I mm-hmm. bet. It is. Everybody knows. Everybody. Is there an, is there a union? Is there an association? It's an association. No, there there's no union. Is it, are, do you what are always... they called? The association. Um, there's so there's state and county legislation. So there's L.A., Orange County, um, California. So the... is there anyone who's well known in the industry? Oh yeah. So there's Definitely. top, there's premier morticians or whatever. Like, yeah, are you getting they're like better? celebrities? Are you getting, <laughs> there are, are there really? How did they get a rep, How do they gain a reputation? Um, and you're like this. You know, they'll, so, so they'll write in like trade journals. Oh, okay. Um, and do they lecture? Yeah, yeah. There's like seminars. How, they're often like Vegas. And are there stuff. tips on becoming a better embalmer? Yeah, so there's seminars you can go to. I mean, they're how they're do you kind become a better embalmer? Uh, to me, you know, a lot of it comes with experience and having an open mind and trying new things. I mean, um, what, a lot of people how do you get try it? What's an example so, Are you, you talking about the solution itself, like mixing that two gallon, three what's, gallon what's solution? An example of you, what's an example of you trying something new? Um, Experimenting. It, you know, you you want to experiment, but in in a modest way, in a yeah, sense where you're you don't not going to cause, up, yeah. yeah, drastic. But to me, like I sometimes will, will just learn like ways to make things more efficient i should say um so and i'm i'm actually about to have my own apprentice which is a first for me i'm really excited to you know she's, pass she's, my things is it gonna be a boy or a girl it's a girl and i'm very excited are you you're excited because particularly because she's a no. girl oh no no i'm i'm just excited because i um i wanted somebody who was eager to learn and was excited and open and that um so that's why i'm excited about her because she really is thrilled to learn and she's a fan of the business she loves what she does and does she know about how old is she how old is she yeah. oh, i think she's my age i don't know how old she is she's your current age yeah she's like she yeah she's a little bit older than i was i was a young i was 20 when i got my apprenticeship um you were young and hungry i was i was i'm very young for the business um, as far as when I got into it, that's kind of cool. So I, I, that's why I, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to do really well in the in school. Are you getting students. better? I, I mean, of course. I think so, so you can always get better. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's just it's so close minded to say like I'm at the peak of yeah. what I can be. You know, I want to. I mean, there's more efficient ways of doing things mm-hmm. that you have yet to sort of. But master. also, like even in styling the person and making them look. Yeah, do you more get better? Yeah, better and better. At and then, you know, I, I think it's important to recognize skills in another person and to learn from them. And you know, they they vice versa. You can teach them. Like there's the other. Are there, are there publications for? Um, you know, there are there are like funeral directing magazines. Um, and you know, yeah. Do you subscribe to these things? They come to our mortuary, so I you've don't obviously have to never to like them. Instagram body or anything, right? 
No. That's so inappropriate. No. You've never taken a picture, though, be honest. Um, so, uh, for, uh, fortunately for me, I know I wish we could have portfolios like before and afters. That's like my dream. Yeah. But, um, but you can't. You? So, the, so the only circumstance where I've taken pictures is because I was required in the military, you were required to take before and after. So I do have yeah. before and afters. Of you can't men. take pictures aside from that. No. And you've never, I've had families have, request pictures. Have you ever snuck a photo? Damn. Have you ever <laughs> snuck a photo near a body? Oh, like taking a selfie or something? Not a selfie, body? but anything. Like, no. Just, I did have, have a somebody, table. a family, want to take a picture of me with their loved one. Which After was it was really, made. After they it was made. Yeah, really in their enjoy- casket. That's that was nice. a really, I, you know, I was actually extremely uncomfortable. Like, I did not know how to pose. But flattered, right? Because they obviously liked what? you. She, they liked yeah. what you did. Smiled. They liked your work. It was a very uncomfortable. I mean, I was, I was flattered, but it was, it was definitely a unique experience. Do people kiss the body? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Does it supposed to taste okay? I, no, I don't kiss the bodies, no. Has I, it, to me, I don't even think Do you I flavor would. it at all to make it not taste bad? No. No. Like a vanilla? What do you think? Well, no, no. What I mean is like, <laughs> because because it's decomposing or whatever. Yeah, it, I get you. Is it, it might have a bad is taste. it almost dangerous to kiss the Well, body? no. I'm saying that it might have a since it has a bad smell, it might have a bad taste, too. So maybe you have to like put some sort of thing that makes no. it not The thing t- is, most like, I mean, I, I don't know. That would be a question to ask to the individual who's kissing the dead bodies because I'm not doing it. Um, the thing is, Would you like, ever kiss a dead body? I've never been in a circumstance where I wanted to, nor... I mean, the thing is, I've had um, individuals where I've taken care of and I've known them. Um, Like, when my husband's grandfather died, we we took care of him together. And um, it was not at our mortuary. Fortunately, the mortuary let us come in and embalm in their their prep room. But... um, And everybody was very happy, and it was really nice to have that connection. It was almost like a closure for us to be able to do that. But even still, I didn't want to. I didn't want Have to you ever has, has a family ever requested <laughs> that you actually kind of make the face not look like the, the person? Almost give them plastic. I guess you have. You made them look ten years younger. Well, that, yeah, and a lot but of times have, have, have they ever even asked you? Can Almost you like, make, basically give him like a kind of a nose job, or and you know make like, his nose smaller like or something? Spruce like that? him up a little. Yeah, or like even even they don't even look ten years younger. Like it actually looks like they have plastic surgery because they, like they actually person. requested that. Have you ever had? That? No, I mean, and I wouldn't like excise any tissue or anything like that to just out of the vanity of the family it's not vanity it's it's i don't know to me it, that's a little too much without the deceased specifically writing it in their own wishes but even so like that's not our, that's not our, our job do you yeah. think that because you're so used to um attaching a story to every one of these bodies that you've worked with that makes you more uh, of a compassionate person than than the average person I I mean, overall, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm more. I think you you should be a compassionate person. I don't know if everybody is. I guess because you're so used to um, having understanding a story behind everybody. I try to trying to right, and that that you're conscious of doing that. Do you feel like you kind of consider every random person to have a story and a life also? Mm. I I mean, I would Mm. I would love you know because people people what I mean is, is that there's all these people in their life and they probably don't really care that much about them and why should they right they just think of them as people but don't really think of them as people with full lives Mm -hmm. and do you think that more than the average person that you do that when i'm when i meet somebody new you know i'm not really thinking about the depths of somebody's past just as they're walking by me on the street but when i meet somebody i you know out of working in this business i think it's it's 
grown my appreciation in meeting new individuals. I think especially the funeral directing side, you know, you asked me if I feel like I'm getting better. I definitely think I'm getting better in that realm that I'm I'm growing more comfortable in myself to be able to connect with people. And because in the beginning I was very, I was a little bit awkward, I would say, like I didn't I didn't want to be too personal. I didn't want to seem like I was, you know. Do you have to be a people person for this job? Especially the funeral directing side, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely think you need to be able to be a you need to be a good listener, and you have to be able to connect to people pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, do you write obituaries? I, mean, <laughs> I have had people ask me to write obituaries, and I usually recommend. I'm like, you know, it, you it really is better coming yeah. from somebody in the family. I mean, I can if you want to give me facts and you, you prefer me writing it, I'd be happy to do so. But yeah, I'm not gonna like. Sit and make up adjectives about this person when I've never, you know, it's just not sure, not yeah, fair. Yeah. To makes them. sense. We we kind of have to wrap it up soon, so sure. I just want to finish this embalming process before we do. <laughs> so let's fi- let's figure the rest of this out. So you've mixed the solution or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've got the mix in the tank, and you plug it into their art. So it's connected to a hose with an arterial tube at the end of it, and you use what's an art? Ar- arterial tube is like a, just a little. Um, like metal, like a spout almost, and that's what goes inside the artery. There's a hose, yeah, stick Uh, it in, yeah. Okay, it injects, it starts going in at the same time that's going in, that's when you're draining the blood. So yeah, I usually try to build up a little bit of pressure in the system, you know, get things going. How do you build up pressure? Um, By not opening the vein yet. So you let, you inject with the arterial system, and so you kind of use the body's own processes that were there in life. So you're using the heart to pump the fluid through the body. How do you pump the heart? You don't know that I'm saying that the machine has is pushing, you know, through force oh, into and that the body. Pumps the heart. So yeah, so you're pushing directly at the heart, and the heart is you're basically. It, and it's through this vein here. It's usually? through the artery, the, the carotid. Artery, yeah, usually, yeah. yeah, you can use the femoral, but yeah, the carotid's my go-to just because of the close proximity to the heart, and the, it um, you get better drainage. So that starts going in. You build up pressure, and then you puncture. So you make just a, an incision, and then you use what what are called angular forceps, inject inject that into the jugular vein, and that's how you um, let the blood out. Oh, so and then you got a tube coming out of that one. It's not a tube. You just yeah. kind of open it. With um, forceps. Oh. And then so it just kind of drains right onto the table. Does it ever sometimes into the spurt table? out? Yeah. Wait, does it, sp- <laughs> does it spurt out onto you sometimes? There are times when the pressure's built so much that, yeah, and that's why I wear you a get face sp- shield. You get sprayed. I have been sprayed, yeah. yeah. You got goggles. Does it ever get sprayed I, onto the wall? I have had instances where it went pretty far. Does it ever spray onto other bodies? I mean, I try to keep keep a distance. Keep it separated, but, yeah. But yeah, no, it's... it's <laughs> but yeah, no, you... Uh, yeah, you gotta finally gotta so, be um, prepared for the that. The blood is just coming out onto the table? Yeah, usually it's just, you know, almost like a little waterfall, just like over the right shoulder. The, but the table has a drain on it. So something. yeah, so it's got a drain, and you're usually at a tilt, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so then there's a tube yeah. on the bottom. You're definitely gonna have to wash the body again after this process, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then where, where's this stuff going? Down the drain. Just where, and like, not into like, a bucket, like a, like a drain in no, a down sink the, drain. Down the drain yeah. Where does that drain? Where the hell does that, that drain go? Yeah. The the sewage system. I mean, we've got blood, all lots of blood going into the sewage do, system. Yeah. So time out. If we go down into the sewers, right? Oh, that's so bad. It's like filled with blood. Okay, of course, there's feces in there too. But yeah, I was gonna say, think about what else goes into our. No, sewers I get it. I'm just saying, there's a lot of blood there, probably. Like especially if you're you go into a sewer near a mortuary, then there's gonna be a lot of blood in that river. Yeah, but I mean, you got to think about what else, everything that Poo-poo. else that goes into blood, it. Blood may be the scariest. But yeah, it, yeah, it's might just, be the scariest. I, I'm more scared of it than 
Well, I mean, there's just diseases in all of it, you know. Do you see yeah. bodies out but there? But yeah, there's there's so the filtration systems in that, you know, yeah. before it goes into the ocean. Or I thought that like you guys that, kept yeah. the blood for some reason. And what would we do with it? Keep it. <laughs> just buckets and buckets of blood everywhere. Wait, no, wait. so when the blood comes out, then it's how what? we were, we survive. So basically, the body is filled with this embalming fluid or whatever this yeah, the it's mix injected, yeah and it's all the blood comes out do you know it's drained out when you start seeing the solution coming out of the body that, that was very good <laughs> that that is one telling t- sign sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't get to that point mm-hmm. but um that's definitely a good sign showing that you're getting really good distribution or you have a leak <laughs> which you have to what, what color what to. color is the solution blue uh, d- no it's usually like a pink color it's usually oh, they've it's got like dye. yeah it almost looks like pepto-bismol in your tank mm-hmm. pink um but yeah no you have to you were trying to get that like color that there is blood underneath the surface oh, of the skin gosh, you're dead. so there's usually dyes in it so it's like ranges from like a pink to an orange and then what and then so, it's done so once you're once you've injected and you're satisfied and well you have to make sure every part of the body is injected. So if say, say for some reason like the person had really sclerotic arteries, which means they had like um, thick uh, coating around their vessels, so the the fluid is just not able to travel through it, and they're not getting good distribution to their left leg at all. So at that point, we as embalmers would make the decision to either hypo, which just means inject the um, chemical directly with like a long trocar. Or we'd raise, the better decision would be to raise another artery, meaning like the femoral, um, and and inject that leg separately because it needs a little bit more attention. So you'd, you'd the, the fluid that is in, injected in them, that will depending on their condition, deflate them or inflate them. Or no, whatever. no. But like for example, the guy who was all puffed out. Did. That guy, he was kind of beyond the point. Um, mm-hmm. I just did a topical treatment on him, unfortunately, because um, he still right. he still needed to be embalmed because all military are embalmed, um, and he was being shipped out. But yeah, he was basically. Is there just, a, is there some kind of solution that goes over the body, um, in the skin? Uh, yeah, the skin. Uh, no, no, because you know we we have you just cells and you know all the way to our surface, mm-hmm. so that embalms. You know, it works. It, you, ever, you, you ever like find any like kind of clues on the body? <laughs> like a tattoo, a scar, or something that maybe uh, th- this body was a v- victim or something, and you oh. had to notify someone. You're like, I think I found something. No. <laughs> That's never happened. No, I, I mean sometimes there's situations where like bruising that because embalming can bring out bruising. Oh, um, you know if it's deeper bruising. Um, actually, sometimes they'll even embalm victims who they're suspected homicide cases. They'll embalm them at the coroner's office because it'll actually bring out oh, the, wow. oh. the deeper bruises that uh-huh. haven't come out yet. Yeah, so it's kind of that's cool interesting. Hey, okay, I mean we kind of really just have to wrap up. But are, <laughs> is there anything left in, as far as the embalming process? Or well, is that there's basically? the, as- the aspiration that happened. Oh. oh. Oh, mean getting the gases out? Yeah, well, it's the contents of the visceral cavity and all of that, and then mm-hmm. injecting cavity solution, and then final final washing and, and all that. But you set the features during that time. There's other things happening during it, like which is closing the eyes, setting you know, closing the mouth. Oh, oh I'm sorry. When it, the solidifying part, where they, how does that happen? That's during. So that's during the process. You set the features, which so during the process mouth, of the during fluid? the injection. Yeah, so yeah, during injection. that, you're you're massaging, making sure all the fluids moving through the body. Yeah, and then you're then closing you form the, the f- eyes. You put eye caps in the eyes. You form the face. Form the, yeah, you usually shut the mouth, which mm-hmm. um, requires either like a ligature, like through the septum and closing the mouth, you know, wrap, tying basically right. two jaws together, um, or or you can use what's called a needle injector, but I don't like Ooh. this. Let me ask you this. Are there oh. any living bodies out there you'd love to embalm? 
<laughs> have you ever seen a body you're just like I could definitely embalm that thing I, well sometimes <laughs> you see people's face and you're like wow you, you're gonna be tough oh really oh, that's, wow. that, that's kind of what I'm talking about also have you ever you ever embalmed a celebrity of any sort or anyone you recognize from this from TV or movies or anything and not really. I mean, not like not in, maybe celebrities in like their own little world. But have you not, ever like, embalmed not. A, an embalmer and Damn. thought, I, I got I got to do this well. You I know, have embalmed an embalmer. It's a huge really? honor. Really? Oh yeah. wow! And it's like Did they you request? think you got I got to do this person justice because it's yeah. Usually, when an embalmer dies, it's usually like a team effort. Okay. Well, anything last things you want to add or say? Well, I, I mean, why why I was willing to do this? You know, it's kind of an inside to a world that a lot of people don't know about. And like I said, you know, don't believe all of the myths about the industry because most of them are false um, and take some time to talk to a funeral director or embalmer and ask them what they do because I think most of us would would be open to it. And, you know, it's not all about the macabre. There you know, I just realized we didn't even get into the whole corrupt part of the industry, which is something that you kind of hinted at earlier. It's not so much corrupt. They're just part of the part of the business that I'm just not a huge fan of. Real quick, what is that? Um, I, well, I don't like... Pl- politics involved? Or it's not so much... Po- it's just that, well, it's not really looked at as a profession. It's more of a trade. Mm-hmm. And um, there's not a lot of education required in our business. And there's not... Like, people are allowed to be in this business that have absolutely no training. And I just think that's wrong because it is this very sensitive topic. And people are... You're dealing with people at such a trying time in their lives. And like... If you you can meet with families with having one arrangement course. And to me that's just completely inappropriate. Mm-hmm. I think you should be licensed. I think you should at least have uh, a minimum a minimum an associate's degree. I think it's just really important to, you know, have some sort of training in sensitivity um when dealing with with people in grief and unfortunately there's just not enough regulation on that. But that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a face that looked like it was a angry man? Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> have you ever seen Have you ever seen a face that made you think this person was maybe not, not a nice, a nice guy? Yeah. Yeah. And you ever, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've embalmed people who I knowingly knew they weren't very good people, but you had you have to just treat them with oh, respect. Really? Just as just wait, as have as you ever embalmed criminals? Um, I've died. I died. I, I have embalmed people who have died, like in penitentiaries and things like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Have you ever embalmed somebody who looked like they were maybe a bad person, but they actually were really nice? Well, I, I, I never actually what, knew what no, they based, were really no, nice. no, but based on what their family said or based, well, based yeah. on what the story that you were able to gather. Yeah. And Yeah, and the thing is, you know, some a lot of times people do just say really nice things about their loved ones when they die. But, you know, I always appreciate I, – I love eulogies. That's part of my – one of my favorite parts about funeral services, especially a good eulogy. Um, bad eulogies – are the worst, but um, when someone is actually real and talks about the good and bad things, I those are the best mm-hmm. because you know they're, they're, it seems so real and so genuine, and it's just you know it's more pleasing to the guests that are there because they can relate. Yeah, that is this person. They were kind of a a pain in the ass sometimes, but th- that was them, and they were hilarious. And you know, I just I, I like funerals that really do celebrate a life and that's what I always try to create not only when I'm in the back you know dressing casketing cosmetizing but also when I'm so you try to be funeral. really fair when you present a body 
you try not to have a skewed no prejudgments, re- yeah. You, or you try to give a really realistic portrayal of that person when when you uh, present of, them. Of course, mm. of course. Like I said, you know, I always prefer a picture. I mean, basically, you don't try to candy coat it, basically. No, no. You know, I I want the funeral to be a representation of who that person was. So mm. having some you, sort you of you like to show their flaws. <laughs> well, it, if if it's something, it's more like what their general interests are. And I, when I say flaws, I'm I'm always more talking about like eulogies and like when their loved ones talk about them. I think it's important to remember the good and bad things about your mm-hmm. the person you've lost. And you try to imply the good and bad things in their sort of face and physical. Well, I mean, you're you're adding a little bit too much power to what an embalming does. I'm well, for I'm, example, like if a guy sounded like he was kind of a jerk, maybe, no. and he looked like it. Or you wouldn't try to hide that fact. I mean, the thing is, I don't think you could. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 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 just putting your best foot forward as far as trying to make them look like how they did when they were living. And I always try to make everybody look like they are at at peace and have their natural expression. And if that natural expression is a grumpy face, it's going to be a grumpy face. One last question. How a person looks physically, how closely linked do you think that is to someone's personality and the way they acted you know i you can never judge a book by its cover right so i i, I mean i can't i can't say like looking at a person dead do, do you think a, really a attributes to their personality do you think a, a person's physicality has a profound effect on their personality like when i meet when i meet somebody in person based on what you're able to gather from hearing no i think i learn more about an individual from talking to their family than i do being in the back with them and that Mm -hmm. i was an embalmer before i became a funeral director and i think once i became a funeral director it painted the whole picture as to why why it is i do what i do it made these people in the back that i was working on real people so you're basically saying that the, the physicality of somebody doesn't have a lot to do with much. and it do, it doesn't i mean they're all mm-hmm. people they're all individuals from different backgrounds and different cultures and you know they all have different things to like you know i love the different culture like um for example um buddhists they have a place um different things in their mouths you know whether it's like a little piece of gold or a piece of rice like they and you know and it's just really interesting the different cultures and what people believe in and you know i, I just want to do that for them so yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool job enjoy it <laughs> well elizabeth thank you for um taking the time to uh talk about your profession you're welcome um thank you for uh coming on the show thanks so much happy um, to be here our engineer is aaron bruntgart thank you to donnie devonian for being here my name is brent weinbach the name of the program is pointed questions thank you for listening <laughs>